0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Dads podcast. Uh, As always, I'm Daniel, joined by my co-host John. Welcome podcast fans. (laughs) Too much, but I like it. Uh, Today we're going to talk about something that's kind of been hitting me and John both over the past couple weeks. And that's just fatigue. Like general fatigue, mental fatigue. Uh, Me personally, I've just been going through the motions like, Past couple weeks, I haven't really felt like training. I train because it's literally a habit at this point. Like, even if I don't feel like doing it, I feel worse if I don't do it than if I just suffer through it and get it done. Yeah. You know, once you get that habit built, it's a hard habit to break. But unfortunately, you know, because I haven't been feeling like doing it and I have been feeling mental fatigue and also just a little bit of burnout, man, that. I know I'm not giving the effort that I could. And that's kind of been going for everything. I go, ah, like, past two weeks, I've kind of been in the fog, whether it was in the gym in here, whether it was downstairs during jujitsu, jitsu When I did make it to class, I skipped more than I would like to admit of jujitsu jitsu over the past couple of weeks. And also when I was at home, man, like, I just I just kind of checked out for a little bit and went through the motions, you know, still kept up with the duties. But,
1: like I said, it just – the feeling wasn't there. Let's put it that way. I've been, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at, but you know, any athlete that's uh, been injured and is doing the whole injury recovery protocol. I mean, you know, it's all part of the game, I guess, for lack of better words. Um, I don't, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it kind of rocks your whole world. And and a lot of people from the outside looking in don't realize that um, because as you know athletes um i mean just looking on it they, you know you can look at it as an athlete as a, you know when it starts to affect your home life you can look at it as a father as a husband um but it affects all that stuff i mean i know some people that that it, it, they can just move on and it, it doesn't affect them at all um but i feel like a lot of us have given so much of our our you know lives to to training and being athletes and uh um, we've just, we just bested so much in it that when things like this happen, you know, on my end, um, it totally just, it's like a kick in the pants, you know, um, you can't do the things you want to do. You know, like this past weekend was, you know, table rock 50 K and that's a race I've been doing for years. Um, man, you know, last year, uh, we shaved for like 46 minutes off the previous year's time um just, i mean just had a really good run at it and the whole goal of this year um was to do the same and of course you know my running partner sean you know he blew it out of the water had a great run um and that was tough for me because i wanted to be there doing the same thing and i feel like you know i could have been right there beside him doing the same thing i mean we put in the time put in the training but here you go it's you're getting up and going and running on a. Greenway and putting in ten miles and 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 not being there and yeah I mean that put me in a funk yeah. I mean at home the whole nine yards I mean I wasn't uh, I mean you know I wasn't mean but I wasn't really plugged in at home I wasn't you know, the nicest guy to be around I wasn't the happy happy joy joy guy that I usually am um but you know
0: yeah and that's one thing that doesn't get discussed discussed enough. Um, I've had a lot of athletes go through it, and, I mean, it's literally a depression.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, you know, with you and your ankle, like, you're not able to do things. And a lot of people look at me and oh, yeah, well, you can't run, you can't lift. So what? Yeah. You know, like, none of us do that either. Yeah. But it's a huge difference when it's part of your identity. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. being an athlete isn't just something you do. It's who you are. So you feel like you can't live life. Same yeah. things happened with me Um, whenever I separated ribs or... I got my shoulder dislocated, jacked my elbow up. You know, you're sitting on the sidelines yeah. watching everybody else do what you want to be doing.
1: And, and don't get me wrong, like, there were times, you know, years ago where it, I'd keep going, yep. you know, how, no matter how stupid it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I had some friends that were, you know, call me over the weekend like, well, let's go ride. You know, and I'm like, well, I'll go for a, a road ride. Well no, let's go ride mountain bikes i'm like no i'm not doing it because i know exactly what position i'll put myself in i'll yep. start you know blazing some trail down the mountain and i'll stick that foot out and snap crackle pop here we go again you know or or let's go ride gravel well same same thing you know i yeah. just i gotta be picky about what i do and that's tough because mm. i mean you know you're like yeah i really want to go ride but then you're like oh better not because there's a you know tons of climbing and i hate to just myself back where I was, where I, you know, where I was at in the beginning. So, um, but I, you know, it comes with being disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I consider myself a very disciplined person when it comes to most things. Whether it's my career, um, whether it's you know, I, I, I pride myself on being disciplined at home. You know, being home by a certain time and having you know, doing this, doing that, making sure this is ready, making sure that's ready, making sure I'm helping do this. And the same thing goes with training. Mm. And when you can't, when you can't do that, it's it just it's yeah, it's like I said, it's a kick in the pants. Um, like training for me is also an outlet. Yeah, um, you know, going on those runs with friends in the woods, whether it's a fifty k race or just a twenty mile run, I mean, that's my outlet. And when you don't have those outlets, that's when that depression bites you in the butt. Yeah.
0: That's it, man. That's when everything from life to professional to everything else just starts stacking up because Mm -hmm. you don't have those little moving meditations. And Mm -hmm. like you talked about, you know, like it, it's easy to say, cool, I'm just going to get back out there. You know, I'm going to take it easy. I'm still going to get something out try to train. Man, sometimes that goes well. Sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes it just goes terrible. You know, whenever I was shooting the, photo shoot for the first book that I wrote um Jits Fit I was recovering from a rib injury which was fine you know whenever I was doing the exercise photos I just kind of took it a little bit lighter than normal you know made sure I kept my core engaged make sure I wasn't putting pressure on the ribs but then we got to like the jujitsu partner drills that we're taking pictures of you know so I'm five weeks excuse me five weeks off of two separated ribs And me and Beber threw our geese on, you know, we just go and take some pictures. And then the photographer said something about getting some action shots. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll play around a little bit, you know. We started playing around. Man, it wasn't two minutes. Excuse me. Throws a little dry. It wasn't two minutes in. I completely forgot about the rib injury. Me and him were fighting for takedowns, playing around, just having Mm. a blast. I ducked under, took his back, went to take him down. As soon as we landed, both of those ribs broke. They went from being separated and loose to completely broken. And now my rib cage looks jacked up on the left side because of it. But that was it, man. I was like, you know, I was taking a photo shoot. I'm going to take it easy, you know, get this book finished up. It's perfect time. I can't do jujitsu. And then we got that photo shoot, man. Me and him were just like playing around, you know, and like he wasn't being rough with me by any means. It was my fault that I did it. And Wham bam five more weeks off the mat. Whenever I came yeah. back on the mat, man, everything was flow rolling. Everything was smooth yeah. drills. I probably didn't roll for another three weeks. Yeah. Whenever I was back on the mat, but dude, it just it shuts you down. Yeah. It really does. There's no other outlet for me like working out or jujitsu. Same thing with you with yeah. running and cycling. You yeah. know, and people don't understand that we're athletes, and you know, <clears throat> we know the difference between training and recovering. But once you start hitting, like, that one week of no activity, man, the recovery is over with. That's oh, yeah. when you feel like you're starting to lose stuff. Yep. You know, a couple of days, cool. After you finish a race, you know, take three, mm-hmm. four days off, eat like crap, enjoy, celebrate, all that stuff. But once that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth day starts coming, you're like, man, this is forever.
1: Yeah, like, oh, This yeah. is
0: absolutely terrible.
1: Yeah. I mean, I spent, yeah, I woke up every morning last week. you know wake up drink some water throw my feet on the floor and oh yeah ankle feels great I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there I'm gonna be toeing the line Saturday morning you know Monday morning same thing Tuesday morning same thing Wednesday morning yeah I think I'm gonna be good when everybody else was going you really don't need to do that it's Mm -hmm. a really really bad idea and I'm like "Ah, I think I'm good I think I'm good and then Friday morning you know I got up and I was like "Eh, it's okay but yeah, it's not
0: fifty K on a
1: mountain, okay. It's not fifty K on a mountain, okay. And then I had to start thinking back to to previous years when when you know, when I'd hurt my ankle before and it was almost like the exact same layout, um, the same race. In fact, I was like, Man, I remember at like mile twenty I was hurting pretty bad and I'm like, I really don't want to do that again. Yeah. So then, you know, by that, that evening, about six thirty, Friday evening I was just like, no, nah, I can't do it. So they were like, well, you know, you can still run a virtual, um, you know, you've got till October, like October 20th to do it. And I'm like, well, I think four more weeks I'll be fine. Yeah. So, you know, it's just trying to – I'm not doing anything crazy, crazy long stuff. I'm going to get on some gravel this weekend. Hopefully test it out test a little bit. Test it out just to see. Okay.
0: <laughs> No, it's awesome that, that organization allowed you to do it virtually, man. A yeah. lot of places yeah. are moving over to the virtual, but seeing as how they had a physical race and they're yeah. allowing you to do it virtual. What's uh what's the name of that company? Give uh, me a shout out.
1: It's uh uh Tanawa Adventures. Um out Adam Morganton. Uh Brandon Thrower is the man. Okay. He's got a killer team. Uh, he puts on some incredible races. In fact, we pretty much pride ourselves in doing all of his races. He has one I think he has six or seven races throughout the year.
0: He does the grandfather as
1: well, right? Grandfather okay. is South. Mountain. I thought that was the name of my socks, but I couldn't remember yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, South Mountains Marathons. He's got a, a great fifty miler and uh, up in Brevard called the Looking Glass Fifty. Okay. Um, Sean and I worked. Uh, we worked an aid station for that one, which was a lot of fun. That was set up before sunlight and take down. You know, as a, as at dark. You know, but it was awesome. I mean, we we did you had drive to, in, or
0: did you have to pack everything in.
1: We drove in. We had a good an old forestry road out in the middle of oh, nowhere on side of a mountain. But yeah. it was, I mean, we drove in, packed a bunch of food, built a fire, uh, you know, took a burner, made coffee, eggs and bacon, whole nine yards. Of it was great. Man,
0: that sounds awesome. I'd love to get in on one of those. And Next we, time y'all do it, holler yeah.
1: at me. We, I mean, we totally forgot about how much we like to be running because we were like, oh, we'll just do this. So we yeah. sat over there around the fire and ate. And then we went and ran like six miles. And we're like, okay, we're good. Yeah. Uh, go back and, <laughs> let's go back and eat something. I think I had more fun doing that. But, yeah, Tonal Adventures, he, he does a good job.
0: Cool. But, yeah, so, um, so I mean, it's kind of the athlete side of things. And, of course, everybody deals with professional stress. You know, I've, I say it all the time i'll probably say it many more times on this podcast i don't have a real job i never want a real job again i get paid to hang out in the gym all day and i absolutely love it like there's there's not a single day where i don't sit back and think it is insane that people pay me to do what i do here i think the same
1: thing where i'm like man i can't believe people pay them to stand there and (laughs) count
0: Exactly, right? But, you know, I still deal with professional stress. You know, I still deal with other people in my work environment. I still deal with, you know, I had a client quit. I hope I can get a client on to replace it. Now, not so much because, you know, the COVID stuff's over with. I've rebuilt my clientele, which was always good right after or right during COVID and to the few months following, man, it it was pretty lean times. But now that I've got the clientele built back up, there's not so much of that. But it's always everything, man. Like, you know, whenever you're with a client, you always want to make sure that you're giving them more than what they're paying for. You know, I always want my clients to not think, oh, he's worth the money, but think, oh, he's worth way more than that. Yeah. Like I'm getting a deal by paying him what I do pay. So that's why I always try to go over the top for my clients. So, I mean, you've got that stress too, you know, and you've got stress of, other people whenever one of my clients comes in stressed out you know I try to like talk them through it and stuff and every now and then man like if they you know lose somebody in their family or they have something really bad going on in their personal life I mean I feel for them you know I feel the stress with them so professional stress is I mean can be kind of a killer in itself but the good part is you always want to try to deal with the professional stress whenever you clock out Like there's no point in carrying that around with you all day long. Your professional life and your personal life should have clear boundaries in between. And that's one thing that my wife kind of has an issue with. And she won't mind me saying this. Her job stresses her out and she brings that stress home. Yeah. And it just creates a stressful place at home too. Whenever you do it, there's nothing wrong with venting to your significant other. There's nothing wrong with talking about what's going on. But don't make it a daily drag on the home life.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one that I struggled with for a long time. Um, you know, and I, I've said it before that I, you know, I deal with some anxiety issues and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I and, and I tend to worry about stuff more than other people. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of times when, and, and I've worked on it throughout the you know the past few years trying to be better about not not bringing it home, unfortunately, in my line of work and in my my position. A lot of times, you know, when we're on call pretty much 24-7, you know, there's always an email, always a text message, something. Um, but um, I've done a lot better at trying to be in the moment, I guess, um, versus still at work when I'm at home. Um, but, I, you know, there are times when I've had a crazy day, like today was one of those, and, you know, if you don't have an outlet, or you're not able to use your outlet, it's really easy to take that home and just be a, you know, a jerk. Yeah. Quiet, cut off, shut off. You know.
0: Yeah, and that's another aspect too. It isn't necessarily that you're dragging your spouse down with the problems and ranting and bitching about what was going on. Sometimes you just go home on high alert. Yeah. You know, one little thing. Oh, yeah. the dishes aren't washed. Guess what? We're fighting for the next three hours because I'm already in a pissy mood, yeah. and you did one thing that slightly licked me off.
1: Yeah, I mean, I—I'll be honest. That's—I've kind of been in that funk for the last week or two. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I said. It's just a little things, Austin. It's like flip the switch, and you know, I'm in that that deep down dark area, you know, where you're just yeah. like, what am I doing?
0: Yeah, that's it, man. I mean, there's been probably a handful of times I can think off the top of my head that me and the wife got into an argument, you know, and I mean it's not always her. I mean, I do it too. It's just human nature. Yeah. But we got into argument and you're like an hour in and like logic kinda hits you in the face, you're like, like, what are we fighting about? Yeah. Like why why are we even fighting why is this a thing?
1: Yeah. Like, can uh-huh. we just
0: like drop this and move on? Like, I don't yeah. know why I blew up. I'm sorry. Like, I should have never said that. I should have never done this. Let's just move on with life. And she's, yeah. you know, she's cool-headed like I am. She's like, yeah, I don't know why I'm always fighting about Okay, whatever.
1: You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. We tend to work through it pretty easy. I mean, but I pick up on it, too. I've learned to catch myself, you know, and, yeah. and realize that.
0: That's a big thing.
1: That I'm, you know, like, not myself you know Mm. or there's definitely stuff weighing on my mind and and then we usually talk about it Mm. but that's I mean that's one of the roles my wife's always been she's always kind of been the rock um, Mm. you know for me uh, in a lot of different ways but emotionally for sure Mm. I mean that's one of those things that most people don't want to talk about but I used to not deal with it well at all and I think she noticed that you know early on and um, has always stepped in there and tried her best anyway, even when I don't want to see it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm the complete opposite, man. Just I'm just stoic by nature. I suffer in silence. Yeah, I yeah. don't really care. So like I'm pretty emotionally unavailable yeah. to you know 99.9 percent of the people yeah. that are like within my inner circle. Even yeah. and my wife understands that. She's like she's the emotional part of me so mm-hmm. she kind of knows how to bring that part out in me
1: yeah i think, I think yeah. that's what i'm trying to, i guess i'm getting at that's pretty much what, what my my wife does um because i you know i carried a lot around didn't talk about it didn't, didn't yeah. deal with it just you know i mean dealt with it internally but I didn't mm-hmm. really deal with it more just uh dilly dally with it i guess <laughs> kick it around yeah. a little bit just
0: ignore the problem and it'll go away Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: ignore it, kick it around, you know, sweep it under the rug for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, but, you
0: know, like I said, it happens to all of us, and it's not a terrible thing. I mean, it's just a part of life, but being able to step back and kind of take a logical look at what's going on has always been a saving grace to me. You know, and... With some things, you know, sometimes you sit back, take a logical look, and you're still looking at it through an emotional lens. So you have to kind of realize whether this is really something that you want to fight over or whether it's something you just want to let go. You know, just screw it. Not worth it. Yeah, Like, I don't want to fight. I'm already stressed out at work. I don't want to be stressed out at home as well. Yeah. So. There's,
1: you know, there's, I mean, you know, we're talking about, like, fatigue, and then there's that athletic athletic and training fatigue you know where man you've been an athlete for 20 years of your life and you know you're starting to i mean you're getting older obviously and you've been doing what you've been doing for a while but you just really get tired of doing that Mm -hmm. um and that's one of those things where you know we were talking about you know i had ran ultra and you know been a runner most of my life and in cycling and triathlons and back to running. And realistically, I guess I think Sean and I started running in like 18, maybe early 18. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it was 17 or 18. But I was at that point before I started running with him, I was pretty much like, I'd already decided, you know what, I'm gonna. I'm going to back off the running. I'm going to, at the most, I'm going to run like a half marathon. I'm going to lift weights and just try to get big and cut and, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, do that. Yeah, just mix it up. Enjoy yeah. a little bit of running here and there. Maybe ride a bike on occasion. But for the most part, you know, I'm just going to lift weights, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, and then, of course, he came along and was like, hey, man, you know, I want to start running. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we went out and, he damn near died. Doing the we did, I was like, well, let's start out with, you know, half a mile. Yeah. We did a half mile and then we're, like, right, we're going to start out with a mile, which was down to, down to the baseball fields and back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he thought he was, I mean, I thought he was going to die. He thought I was going to die. But, you know, he stuck with it. Yeah. And then, you know, now he is where He's doing what he's doing. Um, and of course, I've been right there beside him the whole time. So that kind of, that kind of, having somebody hmm. to do that with you having a partner to, to whatever it is whether it's me you know, or running or riding that can be one of those things that's kind of eye-opening yeah um that kind of helps you kind of fight through that fog because i was i was just like man i'm tired of doing these races i mean they're fun they're great i love seeing some of the people but i mean i didn't really have a group to run with. I mean, I had people that I would occasionally go out and train with, but when it came to a race or whatever, and you're just out there by yourself for hours, you know, pounding ground, which, you know, sometimes is good, unless you're like me, and then it's way too much time for you to get inside your own head and start just creating problems and issues and thinking about the worst possible case scenarios and thinking about work. You know, when I go out and run with the guys, I mean, with my little crew, you know, we make fun of each other and, you know, talk crap. And, I mean, we have a good time. You know, we we might stop and take a mountain or summit selfie, you know, or whatever. But it's always fun, and you don't have time to get lost in your head and think about dumb shit that you really don't want to think about um, that you have other time to think about. Um, So I guess when that happened, I kind of realized that, Maybe I didn't want to get away from it so much. Um,
0: yeah, what well, kind of gave you a new aspect to it? Yeah, you know, it's,
1: it's totally new. it was like a reset. You yeah. know, like here's a new reason to do this. Somebody, somebody, a friend of yours wants to do this and succeed at it. So here's your opportunity to enjoy it while helping them succeed. Yeah, um, which has kind of been my whole goal the whole time. You know, is enjoy the ride. And you know, I mean, I don't really care about racing anymore. I don't care about where i finish if i can improve on my time personally or we can improve on our times that's great but i don't plan on trying to win or win the races um now if i go race a cross race it's a little bit different but uh uh i'm not a 115 pound you know trail runner anymore so yeah yeah there's always going to be that man there's always going to be somebody out there that's
0: better than that yeah but yeah so for me you know i use running sparingly i'm not a runner i never claim to be i never plan to be yeah but for me i do use that as meditation whenever i go running around town or i go hit the trails or even when i did the mountain run with y'all you know i i kind of like being by myself to work yeah. through some stuff but you know at the same time you know we talked about like that camaraderie that comes with it yeah. and you see that in jujitsu you see that in weight training you see it everywhere you know i mean. It's people coming together for a common goal that have, like, some other stuff in common. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes you want to talk to people that don't know everything about the issue. Oh, you know man. I mean, it's cool to talk to people, but, you know, like, a lot of people go to therapists because the therapist doesn't know the whole story, and they're trying to learn the whole story. Yeah. You know? And that was always a big thing to me is I've got a couple friends who I would never take advice from whatsoever but I like to talk to them about what's going on, you know. Yeah. It's more or less a soundboard. I'm not looking for advice. Yeah. I'm just looking for you to like catch this venting and then we go from there. You yeah. know, maybe I'll figure it out on my own, maybe you'll say something stupid and then I'm not I don't care about it anymore, right. whatever. Right. You know. So, with that, you know, so another thing that's been hitting me is the fatigue of I don't know how to put this, like parental fatigue, I guess. Mm. And I don't mean this in a bad way whatsoever. I mean, I love my son more than anything. I really do. I still do everything I can to take care of him. You know, my mom was in here working out earlier. She watches him during the day, so he was in here. I loved hanging out with him, man. But sometimes you're just like, you get home, you just want to crash. You know, like, I don't want to do the dad stuff right now. Just let me sit on the couch for a little bit, chill out. You know, I'll still grab him. We'll still lay there. But there's there's kind of like a a disconnect I guess you'd call it I, I really don't know I, I honestly don't even know what I'm trying to explain right now
1: I get it I mean but
0: yeah so like it isn't that I'm tired of being a dad I, that's not it whatsoever it just seems like that's just something or someone else that's just trying to take time yeah. that I'm just trying to take for myself you know yeah. a lot of times I kind of take that time when I'm outside doing yard work if I'm clearing out some more trees or if I'm just cutting the grass and run the weed either. That's kind of my time to just be by myself. Yeah. But whenever you're at home with an infant, man, everything is their time. Oh yeah. That's it. Like they get all the attention. If they're asleep, you get a little bit of time till they wake up or Mm -hmm. you're making bottles or you're cleaning bottles or you're doing their laundry for them or you're cleaning up, prepping what you're going to do, all this stuff, man. So once I started going through the training fatigue, that just kind of snowballed into, you know, a little bit of professional fatigue on top of that. And then just full-blown mental fatigue for about a week until I realized what was going on. You know, like the the type of fatigue you deal with besides an injury like you had. I mean, that was kind of an instant thing. Yeah. But other than that, it just, it kind of sneaks up on you. And then mm-hmm. just a little bit gets added every day. A little bit gets added every day. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm a little tired. I'm just going to drink a cup of coffee. You know I mean? Maybe I'm just getting tired. Yeah. Now, like, that don't help. And then your sleep starts to get compromised. And then you realize, like, oh, wow. Like, I've literally just been going through the motions. Yeah. You know, you look back through your notebook or however you track your training, and you're like, wow, yeah, my my last five sessions have just kind of gone to shit. They're yeah. not really the intensity i needed like i wasn't using the weight i should have been using so and that was one of the reasons on monday why i hopped on the exercise bike that i yeah. text you about
1: yeah
0: text you about because that was the first time i'd ever been on an exercise bike for half an hour oh yeah and i i felt terrible man i oh, yeah. go a while i got seats extremely uncomfortable oh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, gotta, the, in yeah. the pants <laughs> you gotta protect
1: the undercarriage
0: Yes. Yes, you do. I had no idea. I got maybe seven minutes in. I just set my watch for a 30 minute timer. I was like, I'm, I'm not coming off of this thing until I've knocked out 30 minutes. I'll do some hill climbs. I'll do some free spinning. I'll do whatever I need to. And I set up my phone and my headphones where I was watching uh, the second episode of The Boys on Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's a great TV show, oh, yeah, by the way, if you man. haven't seen it. But I was just watching that on the handlebars and like seven minutes in, I was like, man, this is uncomfortable as can be. I yeah. don't know how people do this. Yeah. By twenty minutes in, I was like, ah, I, I don't know if I'm gonna finish this thirty minutes or not. I might just cut this one short.
1: And most, and that's a wide saddle. That's like a, that's mm-hmm. like a custom saddle. Ours are like a, ours are like inches more narrow, narrow. Are you serious? Some of them are made out of carbon fiber. Dude, no. Oh yeah, but that's what the chamois uh-huh. for. Yeah, I've got to get some chamois.
0: I think I'm gonna throw a couple of towels on there next Cham- time. Cham- I'm and on Chamois there. cream, man.
1: Chamois cream. I'm telling you. When I I remember when I got back into cycling, dude. When it was, I got that first uh, first uh, callus down there. I was like, uh, is this normal? That calluses? Oh, well, you got. I man uh. that's, that's that's a rite of passage when you, you gotta get the tank callus. Mm. You gotta work that bad boy, in. once you get those done, it's like man. rolling rawhide, and you're good to go. Like, that's oh, like no. saddle sores though, you know, you ride horses, you get saddle sores. Same, same Yeah, but principle. like saddle sores are like on the inner
0: thigh. They're not like right. tucked underneath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a big, I've had saddle sores many times, yeah, but similar. I've never had that.
1: Um no. Very similar, but yeah, in a different location. Yeah, yeah. Because you got the nose of that saddle that's kind of mm. where the, where you sitteth, yeah. you sitteth it on. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, and there's sometimes, like, you don't realize until you get in the shower, you're like, whoo, what was that? Well, mine wasn't that bad. Yeah. I'm yeah. thankful.
0: I had some compression shorts on to deal with the rest of the undercarriage, making sure I didn't get any bruises there. But. In
1: fact, it was, I was actually getting some reminders yeah, via Facebook about the only thing Facebook's good for anymore is posting pictures and getting memory reminders, yeah, what you're nervous. doing 10 years ago. It's about mm-hmm. the only thing I like about it anymore, but it was actually bridge to bridge it's like 10 years ago uh, when rob and i did it mm. um it was uh i actually sent him a picture because we were climbing 181 and it was just like it wasn't like pouring rain but it wasn't drizzling rain it was like in between and the whole time i mean i was just getting so mad and so irritated because it was just like it was like chinese water torture It was just like just Conks for, you know, as long as it took us to climb to the parkway, it was just hitting you in the face. Like, psh, 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 psh. Oh, dude. And it was awful. It was cold. The higher we got, the colder it got. But, like, where I stayed so wet, my chamois and everything oh, was soaking yeah. wet. Man, when I got done, we went to, like, I was already sore hmm. when I was, like, changing clothes. But I was like, Yeah, that's normal because you just rode 105 miles, you know, everything's going to be sore. But we went to eat at a restaurant, man, and it was just, like, I wouldn't. Wooden bench, mm-hmm. and dude, I I sat down and I was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, I came right back up. It hurts so bad. So I ended up having to fold up like jackets and sit on it. And when I got to the house, the shower lit me up. I didn't sit. Oh, I didn't god. sit for a week. It was oh, it was See, awful.
0: I want no part of that, man. I'm going to, like, see if we can order a nice fat seat for that bike out
1: there. I mean, that's that's <laughs> like a, that's what you'd consider, a nice fat seat that's on there. Oh, you're dude. Just, no. You're just going to have to break down and buy the chamois, buy yeah, the, the shorts or the
0: bibs. Yeah, I'll get the little padded shorts. Yeah. Sure make
1: my ass look nice in the mirror, too. That's That's always a plus. See, everybody makes fun of me when I wear mine (laughs) in here, and I'm just like... Nobody makes fun of you, man. I'm not crazy, y'all.
0: But one thing about it, though, one thing I was not expecting uh, after that was the next day, man, like the inner part of my hamstring and my inner head of my calf, they were lit up, man. They've been lit up like that in a while. I was pretty happy about
1: that. That is one thing, like, and, you know, a couple of my my riding partners you know we 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 all had our riding group our team and of mm. course some people moved and other people just started doing different things so it was mm. kind of like it was kind of like the movie in the sandlot you know at the end where everybody kind of just starts disappearing slowly yeah that's the closest thing i can compare my cycling to because it was like all of us guys you know we were racing we were training together and then you know we were drinking beers together at the local brewery after training yeah you know and slowly but surely you know, this guy got a, a different job, and this guy moved, so you slowly see these guys leave, um, but that's, some of them hit me up about getting back and doing some gravel rides and stuff this fall and winter, and I know Sean, had, Sean bought a bike, so I think he's going to do some, but that's what I told him, I was like, man, you would be amazed at how well cycling helps your running. Now, running I'll really believe- doesn't help your cycling that much, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. but Cycling, you know, especially mountain climbing and stuff like that, I mean, it will blow up your calves and quads and give you some pretty good power to go up mountains. And that's one thing that I think I've been missing was when I cycled and ran, I had a lot more power. Um, But, you know, you're putting out so many watts when you're Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: That's uh, one thing I just pulled up on my phone. (laughs) Have you seen uh, this guy? I'm not going to butcher his name. But it's Robert I am gonna butcher his name. Robert Forst Forsteman? Forsteman? He's a Russian cycle a sprinter. Cyclist? Yeah. Dude, he has the biggest quads of he's anybody a, I have seen in my entire life. There yeah, is not a, a pro bodybuilder on this planet that has those yeah, quads. No,
1: exactly that is. He's a track yeah. cyclist.
0: Yeah. So, But you look at him, I mean, his to say his quads were the size of my hips would be underestimating his quads. They are literally probably as wide as oh, my yeah. shoulders, looking oh, at him yeah. sideways yeah. on the bike, dude. Anybody who wants to check that out, just type in uh, Russian cycle sprinter quads. And this guy, he's literally standing beside a girl who his quads are the size of her body. Mm-hmm. Like you take her from her hips to her shoulders—that's his quad. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: I've and since I haven't been cycling, I, I mean, I usually have huge quads and all like that. Yeah, but I mean, that's one thing that I
0: was about to say. I'm pretty proud of my
1: quads, but you see this—that's like, like you know one of those things that was always hard to buy pants because my quads always mm-hmm. stayed so big. And you know, since I haven't been cycling, I'm just strictly yep. running. I've, I've lost a lot of size in them, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, with buying pants, but nah, that's it's kinda, still a bad thing, man. I'd kinda like to have that back. You gotta so. get that
0: barbell stretch denim. Yeah. Unless like if you don't want to pay a hundred pair or a hundred dollars for a pair of jeans like me, then you get that old navy stretch denim. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like
1: thirty bucks. get the American Eagle stretch <laughs> denim. Like,
0: <clears throat> American Eagles always fit me weird. Yeah. I don't know what it is. They like I mean, they don't put asses in their pants. I'm w I am i am weird about buying yeah. jeans there now because 'cause I'm almost forty, so mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, American Eagle, like, they just look funky because they yeah. keep riding down because they don't allow for any type of ass in the pants unless you get the women's. I like an athlete, know so, Oh, I haven't seen that. And I, then so does, To be like, honest, I haven't had American Eagle in
1: years. So does, like, Banana Republic, and I go put it on and look like they all look like skinny pants. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, come on. Yeah, I can't do that, man. I got a boot cut. Like, I and mean, then it's like, they yeah, and then I got this tapered leg shit at the bottom. Yeah. Like, it won't even fit over my calves. I'm like, really? Nah, not looking for spats. I'm looking for jeans. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> so there's another stressor. Pants. Pants is not a stressor. Man. That is a stressor. Just do
0: what I do. Wear exercise pants all day long. I can't. This is my professional attire.
1: Oh, I can't <laughs> do that. I mean, I finally I just started buying mountain khakis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Durable. Expensive, but durable. Yeah. I just wait mm-hmm. till they're all, I wait till the holidays because they always do a sale at the holidays and just. Give me a two pair of those. Yeah, that's me, man.
0: I, I don't care that much about my wardrobe.
1: I really I have don't. I part of my job.
0: Oh, no, I'm saying, like, I don't, like, name brands mean nothing to me. Like, oh, I right. wear Nike because I shop at the Nike outlet store. Yeah, And yeah. Under Armour because the Under Armour outlet stores oh, yeah, go to the, the beach. yeah, I'm um, No, I don't care. When it comes to jeans, if they fit good, I don't care what name brand is on there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, no. Nah now if it's like performance stuff i'm kind of oh, not 100% yeah if i'm uh, you know looking for stuff that's going to last out in the field or mm-hmm. if i'm looking for hiking gear and stuff like that i'm going to spend a little bit of money
0: yeah when it comes to performance man you can't go cheap stuff cuz it ain't going to last Mm-mm. no no so like with my rash guards i've got rash guards i've had for 7 years you know i paid 50 bucks for them but over 7 years they've more than paid for themselves you get a cheap rash guard yeah. you're going to get like Four good rips on that yeah. thing and then it's going to be destroyed
1: now dude i will say i bought some uh base layer stuff at walmart i don't know like mm. seven or eight years ago like athletic works i think is what it's called and oh yeah no I so just,
0: that's good if you're not in a combat sport if
1: you just throw oh, yeah, it on yeah. underneath like but your I bought, clothes you're good you know normally you would think it's walmart yeah it's not gonna last dude the the base layer stuff I'm still wearing it it's still the warmest base layer I've ever Mm. bought and even that's compared to stuff I bought from like base layer from like Patagonia and stuff I'm Mm. like I paid half the, more than half less than half the price and I'm still using it eight years later yeah figuring it would have fallen apart by now oh yeah but it's like oh my god where'd my Walmart shirt go <laughs> Where's that? I gotta have it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. so for me, I wear my jiu jitsu spats and my jiu jitsu rash guards underneath my hunting you clothes. Just call it spats. They do great. Yeah, that's what they call it in jiu jitsu. Spats. Well, they don't call it leggings because women yeah. wear leggings, so
1: we wear spats. Don't women wear spats, too, though. Oh, I don't know. Man in jiu jitsu both do, so I guess you yeah. could just. Mm. I used call it leggings, tights. Oh, they always just call it spats, so that's why it I call tights. it tights tights works too. We're going to run in my tights. Do you wear, I see now, uh, that brings you a whole other discussion because I wear tights to run in in the winter, Mm -hmm. which has got to be below 40 for me to wear tights because I'll roast. Mm -hmm. But I don't wear shorts over my tights because I just think that's weird. I'll wear shorts over my tights. Really? Yeah. But
0: I ain't going to lie, man, if you got something in your pocket it's going to irritate the hell out of you because your shorts slide a lot better over your tights. So like, I run with my chapstick and it just irritates me. That's all I can think about. Yeah. One thing I did get that I absolutely love, and it's gonna sound weird, man, but tights that are capris, like the three quarter length. Oh, that yeah. That way, I, like I you don't those. have like that yeah. weird. I don't know what it is. I don't like tight stuff around my ankles. Like that's why I don't it. wear tight so- or uh, tall socks. I just yeah. don't like it. So when they get that real thick band around the ankle, it yeah. just irritates me no stop. So, I'll get the capris, and that way, you know, it's like mid-calf and up. Mm-hmm. So, everything that you need warm
1: stays warm. Yeah. Of course, your shoe is keeping your toes warm.
0: But yeah. you got to get like a little fresh air between the top of your shoe and the mid-calf. I like my,
1: that. I, my, now, my cycling tights for, like, uh, for cross and stuff, they're like that. Because, mm-hmm. like, the last thing you want to be is trying to race cross, and you're yeah. full leggings and the whole nine yards. Now, I mean, I've, you know, I've raced, and it was when I raced nationals in Nashville, it was, when I started my race, it was 10 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, so, full leggings were, um, were you know, they were usable. Yeah. But.
0: Uh, and it also gives you, like, a little bit more compression around the calf, too, because you got that seam yeah. right there. It ain't
1: just, like, the stretched fabric. We started, but then, of course, the team started using uh, Embro. Um, Embro. Oh, it's yeah, like okay. uh, I've heard of that yeah. it's like uh, I mean it's like liquid heat mm-hmm. kinda so yeah. almost like a icy hot type stuff similar yeah. so it's just used to keep you know keep the skin warm so mm-hmm. before races we would rub that stuff down yeah. you know that way you could still you could race in shorts and yeah. be fine
0: well so my um, dad uh, taught me whenever I was younger we always put um, Vaseline yeah, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me on our feet just because yeah. it's petroleum based mm-hmm. it would actually keep your body heat in so yeah. you just like basically cover your toes and the bottom part of your foot in Vaseline then put your sock on top of it. Yep. Dude, you stay warm in that, man. That's it's an excellent thing.
1: That's kind of like the wood embro. road. Yeah, okay. similar. similar. Yeah. Um, you just didn't want to like – you didn't want to get that in the wrong spot. Yeah. And you would find it's out a- if you did when you got the shower later. Yeah,
0: that's uh, one thing I love and hate about Tiger Bomb. So I think Tiger Bomb is much better than Icy Hot. Yeah. But you got to wash your hands two or three times before you use the bathroom or it will light you up and it doesn't stop. You can't wash it off. Soap water doesn't matter.
1: We started making sure we had boxes of gloves. Yeah. Glove up. (laughs) Glove up. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Because you didn't, yeah, yeah. Like the new guys that would start using it, you'd see them, they'd wipe their face or something. And you're like, man, you're going to hate that in a little bit. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that uh,
0: sensitive skin and icy hot tiger balm, all that stuff makes us. So, yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Final thoughts. Are Mental we tired? fatigue. Well, it's no, we can keep going, man. Don't mind me. No. Yeah, we're forty-two minutes in. We still got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, oh, I mean, so. Don't let me back up here. We didn't talk about the most important part about this. We just kind of complained for the first while. How do you deal with mental fatigue? Should have covered that a little bit earlier, but I think this would be a good way to go into it.
1: Thank you. I like to eat brownies.
0: (laughs) Comfort food. Yep. It's an excellent way to destroy the diet. Yep. (laughs) uh. So with me, since I'm kind of just dealing with this as well, one of the big things that I always do to combat mental fatigue Is create a schedule. Mm -hmm. Just like I said, if you're going through the motions, there's nothing wrong with that because you're still getting work in. But you know you're not going after it with heart and soul, man. You're not going to be stoking that fire. You know, you're not going to be going at it with the same passion that you were before the mental fatigue set in. So one of the big things that I always do is, especially once you notice it, you know, it's going to take you a little bit. You're going to fight with some fatigue before you realize it's affecting you. Like I said, it's going to creep up on you. Yeah. So as soon as I realized that I was going into it, the first thing I wanted to do was try something new. That's why I hopped on the bike. You know, Mm -hmm. Monday was – well, actually, Saturday was the day when I realized when it was really hitting me. And uh, to top that all off, my son's going through a growth spurt now, so he likes that extra bottle at 2.30 in the morning. So Mm -hmm. thanks for adding to that fatigue. But, yeah, so Sunday I sat down. I was like, okay, Monday I got a break the habit of just going through the motions. What have I not done in a while? What do I want though? Back in, thirty-minute bike ride. Cool. Tuesday. What have I got going on? I set up my training for the entire week. I was like, no matter what, this is happening. Yeah. I don't care what else happens in life. I'm controlling my training because that's the one thing I know I have 100% control over. You know, I've got plenty of time throughout the day to get the training in. What am I going to do? So Tuesday. I went ahead and said, okay, that bike's probably going to tear me up, so that's going to be a stretch session. So 30 minutes of stretching, did a little bit of yoga afterwards, so it actually turned into an hour's worth of stretching. And then today I got back on program, I did my work, I decided to bump it up and go, six, go excuse me, 90% instead of 60% like I was for the past couple weeks. And then as soon as I knocked that out, you know, tomorrow is going to be another long stretch session. Friday is going to be a long run, plus my jiu-jitsu, plus, you know, my lifting schedule, which my lifting is actually a little light on that day because I am running. Mm-hmm. But I just set the entire week schedule, and this is what's going to happen. And I'm hoping, I'm not going to lie, I'm hoping that's going to help break the fatigue. But judging by the training session I got in today, the intensity was exactly where I wanted I felt fired up for my next set. I felt ready to get the work done before we started, so I was good with that.
1: Yeah, you were making a lot of annoying noises.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, 48-kilogram 48 kilo- 48 kettlebells would do that to you, my friend. Yeah. 106 pounds per hand. My grip started giving out before my legs did, unfortunately.
1: I do shoulder presses with those, too. So I know, I've I seen don't know. it. Clean and
0: press, long cycles. Yep.
1: <laughs> as well as uh, get-ups. And Turkish get-ups with those as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm still. Uh, I'm sitting on the 79s for Turkish get-ups. I ain't got up the energy <laughs> to hit those 88s yet. You can do it. I'm gonna try it. I'll probably try it next month.
1: If I can do it, you can do it.
0: Mm. So, what about you? I'm wearing Mental helmet. fatigue.
1: Mental fatigue. Mm. No, no, I'm good. I ditch like a pro, man. I know how to get out from under that bell. Man, you know, mine's gonna sound nerdy, but. I've, you know, and I've looked, I've looked for so many things to like break the cycle of mental fatigue and anxiety and those things. And I mean, there's a lot like, you know, I go back to running, uh, go back to riding. Um, those are all things that really help me. Um, right. Especially like riding right now. That's one of those when I get out there and do it, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I did this. I so miss this so much.
0: So you're more towards going back to what's comfortable. Going, Going back to what of, you already know, yeah, okay.
1: Um, but I'll tell you, one of my biggies um, when I get really, you know, mentally just tired and drained and frustrated is record store trip.
0: Okay, so you
1: jump into the hobby then? Literally flipping through vinyl is so decompressing for me. It That's just, interesting. It's like, uh, like I get there. I'm kind of in my own little zone and start flipping through vinyl and I'm like, wow, that's so refreshing. Even if I find something or not, I usually do, but, you know, um, and then good conversation like with people you don't normally see, you know, with Chris, the guy on the record store, you know, for whatever reason, having a good conversation with him is always very relaxing to me and always gets my mind off stuff. Um, Dude's like, smart as I get out and knows pretty much everything you could ever know about music and we just have a good conversation and it's not like a conversation I would normally have you know with the same people um it's just somebody different and it's kind of in that little that little kind of world that I like the music yeah. world um,
0: so basically thing. you just i mean you walk away from training together and start like Getting back into the hobbies, going back to the yeah. old stomping around stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never tried that. I could yeah. definitely see it. I mean, you know, like you're dealing with a problem for five hours. There's no yeah. point in going for six. You know, you walk away yeah. from it, come back with fresh eyes. I like I, that, man. I might pull, have to try uh,
1: that. You know, pull the pull the bow out of the out of the the hunting closet and got all my arrows and stuff ready and got all my can got all my hunting gear ready. I'm like, I'm gonna go spend the next couple weeks hunting you know something i haven't done in a while you know or i start looking forward to hey you know turkey season's in april let's plan a trip do some turkey hunting you know Mm -hmm. hike and hunt you know that's for me that's definitely a way to it's always worked to kind of break that get the boat out on the water go fishing something like that Um, i
0: like that man i've never honestly i've never put that together that sounds like a fantastic idea
1: i mean you know and it's sometimes you'll have in the back of your mind you know you'll be out there actually doing it and you're like I really should be running right now I'm gonna get yeah you know, I'm gonna lose this or I'm gonna lose that but like the mental mentally you're just like man this is nice mm-hmm. it's good to be out with some of my other friends that like to do other stuff you know yeah.
0: okay excellent man I like that I'm re- yeah I like that next time I'm dealing with fatigue which you know usually happens to me about once a year at least I have my scheduled full week off every six months, so yeah. I try to use that as a way to combat it. But yeah, usually about once a year is when everything just kinda you know, it's time to hit the pressure valve.
1: Yeah. Oh. Open
0: yeah. everything I mean, up
1: after that, you know. That's I mean and the way we train, you know, I mean we pretty much start racing now in like January. Mm. I mean, so you're racing January to September, October. Yeah. So you have such a small window. And usually, like I said, by that point in time, like, I know two years ago, Christmas holidays hit, man, and I just said, to hell with it. Like, Sean got, he had pneumonia, he ended up getting pneumonia and sick, mm-hmm. and he couldn't do anything. Yeah. And I was just like, so, you know, I was trying to train by myself, and it's even harder when it gets dark, and you're out running in the cold ass dark, you know, all the time by yourself, you're just like, oh, and it just gets bleh. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I pretty much just like threw caution to the wind, went and you know did things did things I normally don't you know or hadn't done, and I mean, I ate too much, but I enjoyed eating it. I had more beer than I should have had, but I enjoyed drinking it, you know. And I paid for it in January when we had our first race because we were like, oh god, yeah, he's coming off of having pneumonia, I'm coming off of being overweight, and you know. Probably not the best thing to do is run a 50K with, like, 7,000 feet of elevation. But yeah, we not. did it. It took <laughs> forever, but we did it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's always, like, a good reset. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm not going to let myself do that again this year. And I didn't do it last year where I just go off the rocker. I mean, I had a good, clean holiday season and came back strong in January, February. And I'm hoping to do that this year. But, you
0: know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to turn down Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner. Yeah. You just got to pick the
1: good foods. I cook it now, so, you know. Yeah. But then most of my my family, pretty much, they all kind of eat similar, so they have options.
0: That's always a plus. That's a huge benefit. Yeah, my family's just now started putting that together, so me and Sarah don't have to eat before we go.
1: Yeah, there's... So there's enough options for me and my family or our our household and then there's enough options for the, the other guys that like to eat it all. Yep. You know, so cool. And enjoy a little dessert, but No, of course.
0: But a little is the big underlying part there.
1: Oh, I made that with Splendor Stevia, and I'm like, yes <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Anything else to add? Mm.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much threw it all out there.
0: Excellent. I think that's good for me, too. Uh, Thank you to all of our listeners. Um, As always, whatever platform you listen to this on, be sure to give it a five-star review, and let us know what you think. Reach out to us.
1: And don't jump off of said platform, unless you have a parachute.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Later.